Welcome back to the Create Reality Podcast. My name is Lewis Leidenfrost. I'm here with Adam Wilbanks, and we are on episode 10 today. It's a fun episode. Um, today's topic is going to be living in survival mode versus living in creativity mode. And uh, Adam, why don't you get started? Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think people don't even necessarily realize this. I know I definitely didn't realize it until it was kind of brought to my attention. And I started to see patterns of it in my own life. But there's really only two modes that you're ever living in. You're living in a, in a mode of where you have energy and you're passionate and you're excited and you're creating something. And whether that's a business or whether that's within your job, you're building something that you're excited about or art or sports or whatever it is, you know what that creativity feels like. And if you remember when you were a kid, you pretty much had that all the time. You want to kind of go back to how you felt when you were a kid. But what happens as people get older and life situations come up and rents due and credit cards are due and then just, you know, life happens, you kind of change your mindset and you go to a place where you're living in survival. So you're not excited about life anymore. You're not passionate. You don't have that energy. And all you're trying to do is to survive and just make it to the next day, make it to the next payment, make it to the next when rents due. Try and get that, you know, when I reach that next level, I'll finally be happy. And that is no way to live at all. Exactly. It's kind of like where you're, you're scared when the mail comes every day. You're, you're scared <laughs> when your phone says you have an email. And yeah. those, are like, those are bad places to be. I've been there before. Oh, yeah, me Back too. Back in 2017, I remember coming home. And if we had mail in the mailbox, I knew it was a bill. I was like, God, we. <clears throat> it was just a tough place to be. Whereas now we're getting mail in and getting emails in. And it's exciting every time we get an email because it means somebody's probably interested in something or we're getting something in the mail that's going to be cool, a cool package or something. Mm-hmm. I would say we're definitely transitioning into the creativity um, mindset. And that kind of takes me to my first point. And this is, I heard this on a podcast. It was how to be a great leader. And what does that mean? And the way he kind of broke it down is when you first start your business or you start your journey, what is your motivation? And that 99% of the time, most people are starting off and it's their first venture. And the goal is to put food on their plate to pay their rent, pay their expenses, and maybe have a little bit of extra fun money. And that's your motivation. And that's behind your back. Your back's against the wall. The fire's burning. You can't go back anymore. But then there's a point. You see these people make a ton of money, and they pop off for a year or two years, and you never hear from them again. And, and like, there's times that they go and they get a regular job or they're done. They just, the fire's gone. And why does that happen? And then why do some people, they make the great success and then they transition and keep going. And the big deciding factor that you can, you can see that happens is they go from, it goes from their cars to worrying about the cars that the people around them have. It's no longer about them anymore. Their fire comes from getting their employees and their partners and the people that are working with them to get their cars. And cars is an analogy for everything in life. It's like you, their family's taken care of. They're happy. They're madly in love. It's about them. And that's where your fire comes from. And you can always bring in more people and get that fire because you're always going to be bringing in new people and building them up with you. Whereas you're going to max out. There's going to be a time where you have your crazy car, your crazy nice house. And so that's not the fire. You're no longer in survival mode. You're in creativity mode. You're creating for other people. Yeah. I, I'd never heard that analogy until you told me that yesterday, but that, that really makes so much sense. And I actually heard a quote, I think it was like last week and it said, when you're no longer thirsty, you forget what it's like to be thirsty. So when you're in that place where you're, you're just trying to be successful, or maybe you are in that survival and you just want to survive. Once you get back to comfort, 
you kind of forget what it's like to be in survival to have to put food on the table. And so making sure that you're always finding these other goals, because eventually you will be satisfied. You will live a good life. You have plenty of food. And so you got to find those deeper motives. And typically that's, you know, helping other people get to where they want to be to keep you going. Exactly. And I see it. You see it in so many different places of people, people's lives, especially I notice it so much in the college student that just graduated and they have a little bit of financial backing from their parents there's no real fire behind like fire lighting up especially now in quarantine there's not a lot of jobs so i see a lot of my friends they graduated they're done and but every day from being whatever four years old to now they're 21 22 they had something they woke up and they did they had to go to school they had like plans in their sorority or their fraternity they had things that were planned for them and now they're out they're not living with their parents and they'll like, I think I'm sick. Like, I don't really know what's going on. Um, what is it? And I'm like, well, it's the first time in your life that you don't have, and I mean this with a grain of salt, anything to, to wake up to do. Like you don't have anything in your life going on. So you need to create something. Mm-hmm. You need to go and put that passion back into you. And it will make you feel sick. It will make you feel depressed when you don't have anything to wake up to. You'll see that you used to wake up at 8 a.m. every day. Now you're waking up at 12 and you really don't even want to get out of bed even though you got 11 hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Humans were made to have something to look forward to. Tasks too. You, you have to have tasks and that's why we talk about being organized and disciplined and all that, obviously, but you have to have something to always look forward to, a goal that you're trying to reach. And then obviously you wanna be enjoying the journey as you're going toward the goal. But what a lot of people are probably saying is, listen, like that's great, I would love to, to live in creation. I would love to be able to go create a business and have all this freedom, but I'm, I'm in real life right now. I've got three kids or I've got two jobs and I have a car payment and a house payment, I have this going on. So what you're saying is great, but yeah. I'm in the middle of it and they're I get like, it. Like, Shut up, Adam. You're, you have some yeah. money. It doesn't affect you. Like that's what people look at it and yeah. be like, dude, you can't be the one talking, but explain to them, explain how you get out well, of it. There is a time to be in survival. It survival is a mechanism, fight or flight. It's built into all animals. It's built into humans and it serves a purpose. It's something that we need to survive. And so having survival built into you means that there are times that we need to live in that. And it's, I've lived in it before. There were times when I literally was just trying to survive. I remember walking around the grocery store and I was looking at my bank balance and then comparing how much the bread and the peanut butter cost. So I could make sure that like, I didn't go over my $3 and 20 cents or whatever it was. And so I was living in survival and that's okay to have those times, but I had something to look forward to and I made sure that I was working toward that so that I would not live in survival forever. What people do is when they're living in survival mode is they're telling themselves a story in their head that this is how it's always gonna be. They believe they're always gonna be in this situation. They have nothing to look forward to. So they keep creating that certain that same situation. What you wanna do when you're in survival is as quickly as possible is you wanna work towards something extra, whether it is a side gig, whether it's whether it's a degree, if that's for you, or whether it's an, another job or a raise or whatever it is, you want to transition to that period of being in creation again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and the, the other thing is when you're in survival mode, like when do you, like how would you break down exactly like what it means to be in creativity mode? Like when, how do you know? Like what would you say? Well, that kind of brings me into a good story. It, it's all internal. It's all internal. It does not matter what's going on externally around you. It's all about the internal. So once you start getting cars and nice houses and money, that yes, that can be a representation that you are in creation mode, but for that to ever come, internally you have to go in creation mode first 
And so I get on, we both get on tons of calls a week with clients. I get on calls with people that are looking to be mentored by me. And so I was on a call this week with someone and he had probably the most inspiring story I've ever heard of someone that, you know, I've personally met. So this individual, he grew up homeless because his mom and his dad died and he didn't get into specifics about what happened, but his mom and his dad both passed away. And um, he was kind of living with his grandma, kind of homeless, and she was living paycheck to paycheck in complete poverty. But that was the only person he had. And she passed away and he went through some really dark times. And then his brother passed away. And he told me he was actually the one who he found his brother when he had passed away. And that really messed him up. And then he had a kid when he was pretty young. And his girl that he was with, I don't know if they got married or not, they ended up splitting. And now they have to you know, do co-parenting. And this, this, I mean, I talked to this guy for an hour. This is his story summed up in 30 seconds. So this guy, I mean, I, I can't even fathom. He's lost everyone he's ever known, his, his girl or his wife or whatever he's split with. And he has a kid and he's working a forklift job all day, every day and has for years. And he was homeless for a long time. That being said, out of, I mean, in the past month, I've probably talked to 40 people on the phone, I'm sure, from all different life situations. His was the worst. He was the most positive. He was living in creation more than anyone I've talked to in the past month, without a doubt. And the reason is not because of his situation. His situation is telling him, I need to be living in survival, paycheck to paycheck. It's going to be like this forever. But internally, he's sitting here telling me, dude, I know I can do what you're doing. I fully believe it. I know that I can be successful. I know that I can make something of myself. And that's why he's on the phone with me rather than just out here when he gets off work, you know, playing video games or whatever. He's talking to someone like me trying to get better. He runs three miles every day. He intermittent fasts every day. He goes to bed at 11 and wakes up at 6 a.m. every day. Like this individual is the best example I've ever seen of living in creation starts internally and then your external situation will represent you living in creation. That's a crazy story. You didn't even, you kind of just summed that up to me in four seconds earlier when you told me about that. I didn't know yeah. the whole details. That's crazy. And the thing is that in today's society, everyone tells you that someone that's in that position, that they can't make it on their own. They can't figure it out that they're doomed forever. Yeah. And they want you to believe that. And it's so wrong. You can get out of it. Like you can, yeah. like, you hear those stories all the time too. Like, especially in like the hip hop game and a lot of like upcoming entrepreneurs, they come from literally nothing and they get their way there. And it's, it's clearly possible. You can do it. You literally just have to make it like, take it on the accountability yourself and get there and don't expect any handouts. Don't expect any help from anyone else you got to you got to do it internally to be able to get there it's yeah. crazy the biggest disservice that you can do and that i think is happening right now in our society without a doubt is people telling other people that they are lesser than or because of their situation they have it harder which not to say they don't i can tell you that individual had a much worse upbringing than you and me without a doubt but to tell people that they because of that are going to be stuck in that situation forever they're lesser than and they don't have a chance is such a disservice to someone like that yeah and it doesn't help them at all you have to you, you got to be telling them hey you can do it you, you have to inspire you those people yeah you got to get light the fire yeah they, they use fires analogy in so much in so many different ways but it's so like there really is a fire that lights like even your story the 342 you remember mm. that what was the number do you know the exact number of what it nah, was? i took a screenshot, took of, a it screenshot of it but you were you were there and it was it was not 10 years ago it yeah. was what two or three years ago yeah. and you were able to get out of it exponentially mm -hmm. and explode up it's so it's so easy if you just realize hey 
I got to do this myself and I can do it. These people have done it. If they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like survival, another like you see it all the time. Like I love watching Animal Planet and those kinds of videos. And you see the small like gazelle or the small zebra surrounded by like three lions. And they are, they really are in actual primal survival mode. Mm -hmm. And then they go faster than the lion, which shouldn't happen or faster than the other animal or get bit and like power through and get right through because the adrenaline's so high, they're in survival. Mm -hmm. And that place is such a powerful place, but you can't be there forever because it'll eventually, you won't feel any, like if they stayed in that mode 24 seven, they won't be able, you can't eat in survival. You can't love you can't prosper you can't grow in survival but it's the strongest place you can be and when you're there you should be there for like a minute or two minutes or maybe a week or a month but you got to get out of it and get to creativity where you can grow and expand but it's a great example like in the wild you see it all the time especially like in like africa with the lions i love watching Mm, those videos yeah i'll throw them on all the time and it's always crazy to see like the under like you're always rooting for the underdog animal Mm -hmm. you're always like come on i mean it that's a really good point. It's like I said, like it survival is built into us for a purpose. You will probably make the quickest transition in your life when you're in survival if you use survival to head toward creativity. And then, like you said, you want to get out of it as quick as possible, but you can utilize survival to your advantage as long as you don't stay in it. Now, this kind of brings me to talking about stress. Survival too long is very damaging, not just to your life situation, but... Yeah, that's what I was trying to get into yeah, with that story. Is, is to your body as a whole. And so stress is very physical and stress is survival. It's the fight or flight, fight or flight. it's the adrenaline. So stress starts off as an idea. You start worrying about something. Am I going to you know, be able to make that next payment? Am I going to have enough money to survive? That stress quickly turns into adrenaline and cortisol, which goes through your body. And if it's in your body too long, you start to get disease, dis-ease. Disease is literally when your body is not at ease. And when you're stressed out, your body is not at ease, right? So you have to utilize survival. It's a great mechanism. I mean, that's that's why I was able to kind of finally hit success so quickly because I was in that I mean, that final survival, utilize it to head toward creation, but then I got out of it as quick as possible. And when you're in that position, um, we were watching some like explanations of how the brain works and about all this. We watched like a 13 part documentary and he was saying his Joe Dispenza, right? Yeah. It's his rewire the brain. It's a great series, 13 episodes, go watch it, go find it. It's a great video. But he was talking about how you, when you're in those stages, all those chemicals going through your body, you get addicted to it because it's your dopamine. And so when you start feeling unstressed, you quickly stress yourself back out because you need that. The only way you feel yeah. anything anymore is by getting stressed. And if you're only pumping your body, you become addicted to stress and then you never let your, it takes forever to get your lifestyle back and get out of this stress survival mode. And cause if you, especially if you do it from 21, when you get out of college all the way until you're 40 or 50, it's going to take years to get out of there. So while you're young, all you young listeners, don't let yourself start getting stressed now, like quickly get out of it and go into, go to where you can expand and grow and not be in the same routine over and over the same stressful routine over and over and over again. The quickest way to do that too, is to quit complaining. People become addicted to complaining. And I mean, I've even done it before. It almost feels good to like complain or talk bad about people. And that's you kind of getting addicted to those chemicals. The more you complain, the longer time goes, the harder it is to not complain because you can't even stop yourself. You're just addicted to it. And as you complain more, you're creating more survival and you're creating more of that situation within your life. So the easiest way, especially if you're young, 
is just stop complaining. Try and go one whole day without complaining about anything. I promise you cannot do it. It's, I have, it's pretty hard. I have a hard. great story for that. I was watching, I love Jesse Adsler. I love his little Instagram story he posts, his little mm-hmm. IGTVs. This was a four minute one. He posted it yesterday, I believe. So go look at it. He said it's the best advice he's ever received. And he and some guy a couple years ago were running a last man standing marathon, which is 100 miles. And they were training and they trained for like 60 days. And him and his partner, they both maxed out right at 38 miles every time. Never got past 38 miles. It's just like they hit it, they noticed it, and they were done. Their bodies couldn't do it anymore. And some guy who was training people for it, he's like, they went to him and he's like, oh, I can get you out of it. I can, two days, I'll get you out of it. They're like, what do you mean? And then he's like, I'll, I'll fly in, I'll show you guys. So he goes for the run with them the next morning. Sure enough, right at like, I think they didn't even make it to 38 that day. They made it to 35 miles. The first day he's like, I'll just go with you guys. He didn't say a single word. And they get to like 35, they max out. And they're like, dude, this guy's not doing anything. He said he's going to help us. We just paid him. He's not helping us all. He goes, all right, tomorrow morning we start at 0400, 4 a.m. I'll see you guys here. Um, we're going to start at 4 in the morning, which is two hours earlier than they ever start. And he's like, well, today um, you're going to run the same run. Um, but you're not allowed to think a single negative thought, which shows you how powerful the brain is. He goes, every time you have a negative thought, take it out, put it positive. And then all of a sudden they get to like 58 miles. They just mm-hmm. add 20 miles on top of their best in one run. And he goes, and I'm going to show up at the race before you guys start. And I'm going to show you something else. So he shows up before the race and he goes, hey, when you guys are running, um, I need you guys to just, everybody you see, tell them, I'm paraphrasing too, so you need to go watch it. But he's like, I need you to go tell them, hey, it's crazy. I don't get tired. So they go to the medical station at 50 miles and they're both like their feet hurt, everything. They're not letting themselves have negative thoughts though. But they just go up, they get their water, they take a quick sip and they go, hey, by the way, I don't get tired. And they just start telling people, I don't get tired, I don't get tired. They get all 100 miles 30 days later when they couldn't even get halfway through 30 days ago. That's because crazy. Because they told everyone, I don't get tired. And they tricked their brain. The mind, And then afterwards, their feet were bleeding, their whole body hurt. Like they literally didn't have it in them, but they went all 100 miles because they told themselves, hey, I don't get tired. And they didn't get tired. They finished the race, which is cr- the, the power of the mind. Yeah. You can just transition any to get to anywhere you want just by fully understanding, hey, I can do this. It's so hard to express the power of them. Like that story I, I right there is so about crazy. I don't know how to explain it. It's like the limbic yeah. part of my brain. It's like the I can't put it into words. You have to experience it for yourself. You have to feel it. It's the yeah. craziest feeling in the world. And it sounds so hocus pocus. Yeah. But I promise there's, it so, many, there's so many powerful, super successful people that believe it. And you just, I, you can't put it into words. You just have to, you have to do it. You have to go out and do it. Whether you believe in it or not, it's working on you. Like, just like if you don't believe in gravity, that's perfectly fine. It's, it's still, <laughs> it's still working, working on you, you, period. And it works the other way, too. If you have yeah. negative thoughts all the time, Walk a Flock posted an Instagram story the other day, which I love. And he said, I have never, I ain't ever seen a yeah. happy person hate. I like, saw if that. you're happy, you're not hating people. You're not mad yeah. at anything. 2020, everyone's saying it's the worst year of your life. Best six months I've ever had in my entire life. I was talking to my family when they were in Best town. Best six months I've ever had. And they were talking about, you know, 2020 and all this. And, I, and they were like, you know, this is kind of the summer of just sucky. You can't go to concerts. I was like, I'm literally having the best year of my entire life. Because it's about. No question. I, take, I don't care about what's going on. I'm not like letting that yeah. all affect me, all the negative thoughts. I'm focused on me and building what I'm building. Mm-hmm. And I've had the 
by far best six months of my entire Without life. question. So I've had 21 times two, 42 six-month periods, number one out of 42 right now. Yeah, same. I've, I guess I've, had, I've had more than you, more six-month periods oh, no, than I've you. I've had 41 because I'm, I'll be 42 after this next I've had months. 48. Yeah. And this, this is, is easily my best out of 48. And, and there's going to be people that are going to be like, well, yeah, but that's because of this or you're in the right. It, no. It has nothing no, to do with any of that. It doesn't. I promise you. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's all mindset without a doubt mindset and hard work obviously without a doubt what the final thing did you have something to say you good well the only other thing i was going to say you kind of touched on is momentum and this we probably have a full podcast on momentum if we haven't already i can't remember but it goes both directions (laughs) that's true that's true (laughs) actually about 100 but uh it is momentum and so like lewis is talking about these guys throughout their run were building negative momentum they probably start out pretty good oh i do it when i'm running i'm like oh yeah and i start telling myself half a mile left i'm never going to run more than half a mile if i'm telling myself i only have half a mile left but if i'm like i feel great maybe two more miles maybe three yeah i always stop at two miles because i tell myself at a mile and a half it goes mile and a half in i'm like I'm almost done. And I already tell myself that's all I can possibly do. And sometimes I make it 1.9 miles and I stop because I don't have it in me because I'm telling myself I can only do two max. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is they, just like I'm talking about these people living in survival, they were just trying to survive for the 38 miles or whatever. So they kept repeating this story in their head of what had happened to them. And guess what happened? They would just, they keep living the same situation, 38 miles, 38 miles. It was only when they were able to tell themselves a new story that they were able to go so much farther. So what you're currently seeing in your life is not your full potential. It's not what you're limited to. It's just the story that you're telling yourself and you're not letting yourself fully max out. When when someone else came in and they told them a new story and they believed that new story of their life, they were able to go 100 miles 30 exactly. days later. You know, I even, one last little story about running that we'll go to real quick. Remember when we were running, during the beginning of quarantine, they closed the gym, so we started running a good bit. And I remember my first two mile, I ran it like 18 minutes and 20 seconds. I go to Adam and I go, three runs, I'll run it under 15 minutes, which shouldn't yeah. be possible. I, I was like, and there's I was like, no way. Three or four runs in, I ran a 1241. Yeah. And I was like, the next one, I, I stopped, but I was like, next one, I'll go under two, and then I'll get to back to 11. And that shouldn't be humanly possible to cut that much off. It's just the first one I knew, I told myself it was going to be bad. The second one, I was like, I'm going to beat 15. The third one, I told myself I can easily, cr- and I just crushed the numbers because yeah. it was in my head. So it wasn't like I was even thinking about it. Yeah. And it's crazy. That shit I, did, I, did, I didn't even believe it. I didn't think you You shouldn't could. cut, you literally should not cut five minutes off your run, two mile run time in less, in 14 days. But you can, you can. Yeah. But you can. You can do anything. Just like the guy that ran the first four minute mile, as soon as he did, everyone did it. Exactly. But it wasn't possible until he did it. That's a great story. But there's just endless, endless examples, endless stories. Overall, you're probably living in survival. A lot of people are. And a lot of people who are living in survival are going to tell you to keep living in survival. Don't take that risk. Play it safe. Hey, I know you, you're at a disadvantage. Try next year. I feel so bad for you. It's doing a disservice. Do not listen to a single person who is not where you want to be. And last week we talked about having people where you want to be in the different areas of life. So don't listen to anyone who's not where you want to be. They're just simply living in survival. And the only way to be successful is to move into a place of of creativity. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, guys. I really had fun recording this podcast. And we will see you next week. All right. We'll see you.